Welcome back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. I'm the Balancing Act, where you talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives and learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Rob Shaw joining us. Rob is the co-founder and director at MetaTeam Limited, an organizational performance and team assessment business based in London. So our focus today is going to be on, well, you guessed it, the performance of teams. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hi, Andy. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to the next hour together. Yeah, and in full disclosure, uh, Rob and I have kind of worked around each other for uh, probably the, you know, at least the last uh, eight years, uh, probably, and our mutual acquaintance, Andy Perkins, kind of uh, put us together. So thank you uh, to Andy Perkins there. Uh, Rob, before we get started, we ask all our guests this question. Please tell our listeners your story. Yeah, thanks, Andy. So, hi. So, I'm I'm Rob, uh, 53. Said so I live in London. Um, I'm the sort of co-founder of MetaTeam, and in essence, this is the for the last 12 years, I've been working with with teams around the world to try and um, develop a, an approach which is high impact, easy to absorb, um, creates uh, sort of creates maximizes the potential out of the people who are sitting in the team and really create stickiness for teams, uh, for people within teams. So I've been experimenting, uh, uh, failing fast, learning fast, refining our approach over the last 12 years. Um, and that, um, you know, just to, just to bring you up to date about where we are, so looking forward to do that. Prior to my work with teams, uh, I've worked in the space of leadership, coaching, organization development, org design uh, for another 20 plus years with a blend of um, in-house in sort of senior sort of corporate positions, uh, consulting with Accenture uh, and running back. And I was originally, I originally was a mathematics student. So I'm a, uh, a confession to make. I'm definitely a bit of a data geek. And the last 30 years of work, I'm, I've sort of, that's been kind of rounded out with a, with a real, a real passion for behavioral science. That's in essence what I try and bring to the table. Well, you and I definitely share a love for mathematics. Uh, that that is awesome. Uh, if uh, Rob, if you had to put pick one event in your life that just yeah. put rocket boosters under your career, that transformational event, what would that be? Yeah, so it was. I was head of leadership coaching and assessment at BT PLC, which is a, a UK centered business. It was about one hundred twenty thousand. Um, and it was going through a major strategic pivot from uh, traditional telecommunications business into broadband, into TV, into into quad play, and so therefore there was this uh, identified need to really shift leadership culture, leadership thinking, leadership acting, and so that was the context. And we we ran a, a leadership program. the The pivotal moment in that for me was. Um, we were delivering our program to the top 50 leaders, the top uh, 500 leaders, um, using lots of you know expensive external coaches, in essence, who were propping up our internal capability. And uh, we were asked to scale this program, which is about leading self, leading teams, and leading the organization. We were asked to scale this to the next 3,000 leaders across the business. And obviously, the, e the economics just didn't work. 
So um, I put together a proposal to say, hey, why don't we bring that coaching and consulting in-house? So, um, so I worked with a third party to identify, train, accredit 100 internal coaches who we used to displace the, the consultant fees that we were, that we were, we were charging. And it was um, just the, the power of these people working with leaders, working with teams, the growth they came through, uh, the quality of the leadership program they delivered. So interestingly, they, you know, the, the sort of um, happy sheets from the, attend- from the participants went up significantly when we were delivering it in-house. And so it just built this community who are passionate about doing the work, about helping leaders and teams accelerate growth. And it saved sort of, you know, it reduced the bill, uh, the cost for per participant by about 3x and the performance went up. And so that for me was um, really pivotal about actually that's, that's the world I want to be in. That's the nature of the work I want to do. Um, and that was really the, the, the launch path to say, how do I, how do I kind of start to think about doing something different? And did, uh, meta team then form in your mind out of, out of that experience? Absolutely. The, uh, as, as part of the leadership program, it was the, the three parts, leading self, leading team, leading the organizational system, the real freshness, um, and the wow factor from the, from the participants was about leading teams. And, and so we generated diagnostic insight about actually just, just revealing blind spots in a way that was new, insightful, surprising. So just the reaction to that was, 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 was incredible. Um, the issue was we didn't have then the follow-through. We didn't have the how do you then help teams absorb the changes that have, you've surfaced and surprised them with through the diagnostic. And so that was the absolute the, the jumping-off point to say, the, the building a coaching community of practitioners who are going to do amazing work and really help teams sh- shift. And that insight, that was the two pieces of, those are the two uh, rocket fuels that really uh, propelled us into where MetaTeam is today. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Um, so this extended uh, series on the show is all about the balancing acts that leaders play. I want to kick things off today asking you about your most important balancing act. What is uh, that balancing act that you've played that's contributed to your career success? Really great question about the balancing. I'd say probably the most important is the balance that I feel between creating and responding. So I'm, you know, deeply driven by delivering excellent client needs, responding, um, responding to team, responding to colleagues, res- responding to the market. Um, but I'm also really passionate about creating a product, a solution, insight, data, um, interventions that are really cutting edge uh, and and work exceptionally well. And 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 there's you know, as, as Meta team is scaling around the world, we're getting lots and lots of feedback. So the, the pile of new stuff to create is really increasing, but the, the pile of stuff to respond to is also increasing. And so how I hold those two, how I balance between those two is, I think is, is um, probably, you know, something that I, I cherish and relish, but it's, it's really there at the moment about how, how I balance both of those. 
Yeah, the the tension that exists uh, between those those two things, uh, and you can really tip over uh, into the responding uh, part, and then the the creativity really t- starts to take a back seat. I know I've suffered from that uh, in in my career, where I just I I, I don't feel fulfilled because yeah. there's too much responding going on and not enough uh, not enough. Cr- creativity that, that's happening uh so yeah. thank thank you for that no that's me I, i'm interested you know totally my it's it's easy to fall into too much responding and i think there's yeah. just trying to make sure we create the space for that it's been really it's such an important important aspect yes creating and making the space i think that's a great message for our listeners Rob, we're going to talk a lot about team performance assessment yeah. tools today. Let's get grounded. Uh, why is team performance, as opposed to individual performance, so important to organizational success? Yeah. So, um, the t- I go I go to the data here, Andy, if that's okay. So, yeah. um, that that we we had data from twelve hundred teams. So we partnered with McKinsey. We had data from twelve hundred teams. And uh, the the performance delivered by the teams who were uh, strong against our model was delivered twenty three percent extra performance and productivity compared with the average team twenty three percent. And when we ran the leadership program at BT that I talked about, the leaders who went on the program versus the leads who didn't they got a six percent uplift. So it was it was a lot, almost a four x increase in the output of the team. Uh, when you get teams thriving and growing and performing and with the right, the right ways of thinking and acting. So it's, it's just such a magnifier, right? It's such an amplifier. Um, and I feel team performance has such high leverage. Um, so that was that's fantastic. And there's interestingly, like Daniel Goleman did some research in the HBR on the back of sort of John Odair's, um action-centered leadership model about leading self, lead, you know, managing relationships, d- delivering the task. Interestingly, when you get all three of those components really strongly happening by a leader, you get sort of ish 400%, you get 4x of the performance. But the, what we found is it's often about managing tasks, a little bit about managing self. The managing relationships and the dynamics of the team can often get short change and short shrift. Yeah, I've I've found in my career that team assessment uh, really does take a back seat to individual uh, assessment uh, and you know there's nothing wrong with the discs of the world and the color wheel etc cetera, etc cetera. and I'll add a few more etc as on, onto that because there are yeah. so many of them uh, but uh, I, I'm really excited about having this conversation today because we are in a uh, in a results uh, a performance uh, crisis really uh, globally in terms yeah. of uh, team uh, and, uh, you know, productivity and output uh, in business, uh, especially in the United States. So, yeah, if, if, uh, if, if uh, you know, your model and the, and the interventions that follow can lead to a 4x uh, improvement over a baseline, uh, that is, uh, that, that's really something that all of our listeners uh, should, uh, should be thinking about. Uh, Rob, 
let's, uh, let's get it before we uh, break for a quick commercial. Let's dive into meta team. Uh, walk us through the meta team assessment model as simply as possible and the uh, inner and outer habits that you focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Angie. So there's lots, there are lots of team models out there. Uh, so there's Lencioni, et cetera, versions of Hogan. Um, our, our model was developed by what are the best teams doing to deliver the performance they deliver? And uh, we, in essence, found that those teams mastered what we call the inner game, which is kind of similar to Lencioni, but also the outer game. The inner game is, in essence, how do we operate when we're working as a team in a team meeting, in a virtual team meeting, doing work together? Outer game, how are we interfacing with the market, our stakeholders, our competitors, our regulators, etc.? And you have to have both. And obviously, it's they are all interrelated and interconnected. So mastery of the inner game is, is, is important and it's not sufficient. You have to master the outer game and the inner game. And interestingly, we've got 20,000 responses in our diagnostic. Um, teams generally are better at the inner game. Teams are generally pretty not so good at the outer game. So there's, there's potential uplift there. But when, you get, when, it, when it clicks, that's when you get huge value. The inner game focuses on the level of trust the team shares, um, the level of resilience that the team creates together. And our view is resilience is, a, is really a team sport. It's the strength of purpose and how that flows through into accountability, as you talked about, that balancing act of trust and accountability. And the last in the game then is about the strength of focus of the team. So much to do, so much complexity, so much accountability, not enough time sharpness of focus in a game and then the outer game is uh, and, and this once again is like as important but how adaptable is the team to its environment yeah how how good is the team at influencing its stakeholders we have a we have a factor called agility a habit called agility which is really mental agility how good is the team at seeing the big picture joining up the dots spotting the opportunities figuring out where the, creating the new value so that's that's a real distinctor. And then last, it's about the team's ability to um, take action, execute at speed. Oh, well, we've got a lot to talk about uh, after the break. Uh, when you were talking about the inner uh, habits and the inner habit, habit of focus, uh, in the thing that immediately came to mind is uh, in my next book, I talk about the shiny ball syndrome. And... Ah. Uh, keeping leaders away from flitting from shiny ball to shiny ball and really staying uh, focused. So uh, maybe we'll, 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 I'll have some influence over your uh, assessment model in the future. We'll rebrand it as the shiny ball syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. Oh, well, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll break for a very, very quick commercial and we'll be right back. I'm Andrew Tempty. The alignment of personal purpose with that of the business we lend our talents to is essential to achieving optimal work-life balance. But do you know what your personal purpose is? To help answer this crucial question, I've created a guidebook to help define your personal purpose and a vision statement to serve as your North Star. Visit andrewtempty.com purpose to download your free copy today. 
And we're back with Rob Shaw and our discussion on the importance of team health and Rob's uh, meta team assessment. Uh, since this is the Balancing Act podcast, let's talk about the balance among the habits uh, that you know we were talking about right before the break, the inner habits and the outer uh, habits. If you had to pick the two habits that are most opposed, most at opposition uh, to one another, what are they and how important is striving for balance between them to team health? I think it's a fascinating question, Andy. Um, it makes me think about the, uh, you know, putting my data geek hat on. I'm thinking about the correlation between the different habits and what's strong and what's weak. And actually, the weakest correlation between those habits is, is um, adapting and resilience. So those two habits are the least correlated in the model, looking at the 20,000 responses that we've got from teams around the world. And adapt, so resilience is about drive, will, belief, confidence. Get you know working through the tough stuff, so it's very uh, it's kind of the, the courage and pushing and striving, but actually the essence of adapting is that uh, reflecting, it is learning, it is discerning. So it's it's a very different kind of way of operating, way of thinking, way of acting, and so there's there's a um, you know a time and it's a time for both. And I think the teams that are able to get the balance right and strike the time for both, there's huge value by unlocking that balancing act. Um, so that dimension, I think, is really, uh, really stood out for me. And if I were to say to teams, you know, almost like, what's one of the golden, golden rules for just taking your performance to the next level? It will be manage those two because they're different ways of being and acting and showing up. And, and gives create create the time and the space for both. Yeah, it, uh, you know, on the surface, it seems uh, that the correlation would be much higher. That if you were highly resilient, that you would be highly uh, adaptable. Uh, you know, at in both a, as an individual and uh, most importantly as a team. Uh, but your data is showing uh, otherwise, and I'm, from your response, I can I can see how uh, resi team resilience might almost flop over into kind of this fixed mindset of just kind of plowing through uh, uh, the circumstances and not uh, being uh, agile and adaptable. So uh, yeah, uh, that's. It's making some sense to me. Can you can you yeah. can we dive in a little deeper there? Yeah, and I think you're you're spot on, right? If this is about one strength being overplayed. Yeah, and if you look at you know just the level of volatility, uncertainty post COVID, um, resilience has had to be dialed up in teams, and it's typically the high scoring, right? And I think it's the yeah, it kind of falls over. And actually, just doesn't create the time or space for teams to focus in on the how they adapt to the environment. And actually, the sort of the 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 resilience is great for the short term, absolutely essential. 
uh, and, and fundamentally for successful teams. But the medium term and the long term is really comes from adapting. And so, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the mission is long-term sustainable growth, right, and performance for teams. And I think that overplaying of, of resilience given and the environmental factors have been driving that, and I see that in a lot of leaders um, and teams we work with has got, I think, has got a bit in the way of actually just trying to balance that out in a, in a, more, in a more nuanced way. Yeah. So you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, before the show, we were talking a little bit about uh, pre and post pandemic differences in teams. Uh, which habits, uh, inner or outer, took a hit uh, during the pandemic? Uh, I mean, either, either they degraded, uh, and which habits uh, showed improvement, uh, both, uh, you know, comparing pre and post pandemic? Yeah, um, great. This is this fascinated me. So we, we've got about ten thousand responses either side of the pandemic. So we said, what's 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 the same and what's different? So we did uh, just did just completed the analysis recently. Um, I think positively, purpose has gone up. Uh, purpose has nudged upwards. So people are feeling more purposeful about the teams they're in, um, in terms of why they why they come to work, what their what the mission is. Um, how they how they support each other to get there, how they kind of relate their day to day work to their purpose. So purposes has strengthened um, uh, post the pandemic. I think you know just sort of time and reflection and virtual working, it's giving people more time to reflect on you know why am I doing this and why is this important for me. So that's that's so that's definitely something to hold on to. The opposite, the downside is um, trust has taken a real hit, mm. right? So. Trust is down ten percent pre and post, which is you know really I think a really significant hit for teams. So teams are struggling to share a spirit of togetherness because of the ways of working, virtual working, hybrid working. You know the, the consequence of that they're not leveraging the differences sufficiently well of each other, and therefore there's less creativity. And uh, the worst sort of uh, micro habit which is which is affected is they're not having the tough conversations that they really need to. Uh, in order to resolve, agree a position, move forward, and make progress. So you know, you talked about the the, the sort of existential performance challenge. For me, a lot of that comes from actually teams have to get stronger at building trust, having the tough conversations, leveling the differences, um, and that's a lot of the work we're doing. You know, post COVID with teams is about how do you start to build those practices when you're working in a hybrid way or or a fully virtual way. Um, yeah. So that's that's key. So I think that's a that, that, those two would be the real standouts for me, um, and that is materially influencing the nature of the work we're doing, you know, post COVID with teams around the world. Well, I'm heartened uh, that uh, purpose has uh, increased uh, because uh, in 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 my in in the balanced business, uh, which comes out in September of this year. I, you know, everything starts with purpose. So I'm really, I am really heartened to hear that there's, uh, seems to be data that's showing better alignment of, uh, of purpose w- w- within the team. And that means that folks are aligning their personal purpose with that of the business. Uh, and that, that's a real positive, but on the very troubling, uh, on the trust uh, side of things. So, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we've got a lot of work ahead of us to balance trust and accountability, which is uh, 
good news for our respective businesses, but uh, bad news for teams. Yeah. Um, Now let's get to that hybrid and remote work comment that you were uh, talking about before. One of your key hypotheses is that hybrid and remote work are damaging both trust and resilience. In a world where hybrid and remote work are here to stay in many businesses, what do you recommend uh, for leaders to improve those habits within teams that, you know, everybody's just can't or won't be co-located? Yeah, I think it's a, a great challenge. And Ian, I'd say we are we're experimenting right now. So we're, we're absolutely experimenting in this space. Um, but the experiments are, it's, you have to make it a habit, right? So you have to make the connection, the building trust, the uh, a, a habit, right? And it starts small. I think the key point for me is so A pointed out having some data that says we've got a problem here really helps enrollment of the team on, to do the work. But then it's we tr- kind of shrink the change into these small bite-sized nudges with choices for teams about are we going to engage in feeling more together? Are we going to engage in appreciating the different perspectives and integrating that into a a consensus way forward? You know, are are we going to have, you know, put the very difficult conversations and be courageous in a virtual, virtual, virtual structure. And I think it's so we, we help teams do that small nudges, practice experiment in a virtual way. And it's, it's harder, right? It is just tougher virtually when you don't can't have the body language and all the cues and the tone, it just becomes more difficult. Um, but so you you just need to. It's a new muscle that we feel teams need to build. But we we're very much you make a big change by lots of small changes. So right. small changes repeated over time, in essence, is is how we're going about you know rebuilding trust and resilience. Then comes right resilience comes usually often comes along with a ride if you get if you if you start to really build the trust. So a uh, little side question here, uh, where does transparency uh, fit in all of this? So you're the leader of a team, you want to improve yeah. uh, the health of the team, but you have this balancing act to play in terms of how transparent uh, you are yeah. of the good, bad, and the ugly uh, across uh, team members. Uh, is where 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 does transparency fit in the uh, inner and outer habits? Yeah, I think it's a, we're we're a sort of rip the bandaid off type of thing, Andy. We find um, the diagnostic really shows the differences, the spread, the range, the different perceptions about what it feels like working in this team. Uh, and our hypothesis and belief is the stronger the surprise. Um, about which is real about my data, and people don't generally argue with with my own data. Um, the more enrolled they are in doing something about it, so we are we really lean into high transparency from the get go. Um, so it's it's anonymous, but the the differences and and the ranges is really the richness of the work that we use. And most teams have a really significant spread, and so using that data as the jumping off point is is very powerful so that's our that's our perspective and point of view on it 
Yeah. I, 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 I can, I can just imagine that, uh, there's a lot of push and pull and tension, uh, uh, as, as you go in and, and implement to build, uh, implement your programs to build teams, uh, how much transparency, uh, it's gotta be, uh, gotta be a real balancing act. So Rob, final question. We're, we're, we're almost out of time. What's next for meta team. What are you most excited about for the future of team assessment and org performance? Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about just continuing to refine and, and the science and the, through the data we're capturing. Um, and that's around, um, we have a construct called team archetypes, so team types, which really drives our team development journeys so you can have immediate impact. So refining that is super exciting. Uh, I'm really excited about integrating the team data into psychometric data and into engagement and culture data at a, at a, at a system level. Um, I don't know what that's going to show us, but I'm super excited. I think we're going to have some some profound hypotheses and insights that are going to come as we start to kind of aggregate that big data, start to see what it's showing for us and start to say, does that start to influence how we would intervene? So I'm super excited about that. And and the mission is how do we help teams um, thrive and grow in this post-COVID hybrid virtual working environment? Uh, And so I think that's the the mission. Um, And so therefore... In, in pursuit of that, in service of that, just, just refining what we do, experimenting, hopefully failing, not so much, learning fast and improving our offering. Well, as we wrap up, I just want to make sure that our listeners can find you uh, because there is a bit of a collision between this really, really big company called Meta and, uh, <laughs> and, and Meta Team when you, when you search. How can our listeners find you? Yeah, uh, thanks, Andy. So, yeah, it, it, interesting. We were Meta Team was um, was inaugurated a couple of years before Meta right. came to life. So, but um, you can find us at www.metateam.co.uk. That's our website. Um, or you look at Rob Shaw at Meta Team on LinkedIn, and that's the best way to contact us. Yeah, and this is a truly global business. This is uh, not specific to the United Kingdom. Uh, Meta Team is uh, has uh, implementations all over the world. Rob, I really appreciated your time. A very illuminating discussion today. I'm sure we added a lot of value uh, to the business community today. I wish you all the success in the world. I look forward to working with you in the future. My name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act Podcast. You can find us on all the major podcast uh, streaming services. Please like, subscribe, rate, and definitely share the show in your networks. And we will see you next time.